nerd soul oh oh yeah that's right late ill kid at one you're still holding down bringing that street geek and nerd soul like comment subscribe hit the bell let's go because we got some soul taku y'all we talking about that anime we're gonna have a good time <laughs> you best believe it you know what i'm saying it's holiday time and it's a little bit of holiday cheer unless you know what i'm saying your, your boy yuji because yuji uh he he dealing with it man jujutsu kaisen got him going through it ain't easy, you know what I'm saying, when you got a demon inside of you, you know what I'm saying, possessing your whole body, you know, your mind and soul, all, all making you feel bad. You go, you replaying all of the moments back, and I ain't going front. Yuji got, Yuji has a whole bunch on his shoulders, but I will give him one thing in this episode. Homie says, look, as long as I got breath in my body, as long as I'm here, as long as I got the strength, you know what I'm saying, that strength in my back, we gonna do this. As long as long as I can step up to the plate, you know what I'm saying, as long as I can flex these biceps, triceps, trapezoids, or whatever it is, you know what I'm saying, I'm gonna get in the game. And I like that he immediately was like, all right, cool. I got I got people to help. I can't I can't have no pity party, man. I got to get busy. Now, on the side, I, I got to, you know, short throw a rest in peace to my man, you know, uh, Kento, man. Rest in peace, man. That dude, that dude was the dopeness in season one. Season one, he came through. He was he was straight up fire. That dude was untouchable. I mean, that man was, look, he had that little cowhide sword. I mean, cowhide hatchet or whatever. He was getting busy. Ooh, and for a second, I thought he was going to be alright. Well, I mean, I thought he was dead. But then when I saw him walking, I was like, oh, snap, he might be alright. And the the cool thing here is we get like a little tease for a second. Because he walks past Mojito. And I'm like, oh, snap, Mojito. But Mojito ain't doing nothing. He was like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? He ain't seen like he was even pressed. Until, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Until Kento got with, you know, and surrounded i guess by all those like different curses he went out like a g man i i do i do say that was a a beautiful send-off to show him like in his paradise and his peaceful place you know he's on the beach in malaysia you know what i'm saying just you know enjoying himself and he knew yo it, it's my time it's my time to go you know what i'm saying i ain't gonna make it it's my time to go i gotta leave here but Man, it ain't had to be like that, man. I mean, dude was fighting, you know what I'm saying? He fighting for his life. You know what I'm saying? He look, man, to his dying breath. He he held he held strong, ten toes down. And I will admit that I was caught off guard by Mojito showing up and then taking him out at the very end. I'm, I'm thinking, because if, if Mahito wanted to kill him, I'm like, yo, he walked right by you. He ain't do nothing. So I was like, all right, maybe Mahito ain't tripping. Because this this season, we've seen villains acting different. You know what I'm saying? They haven't been as unified as I thought I'd expect them to be. You know what I'm saying? So in this one, I was, I was like, well, maybe, you know, maybe he going to make it. And then when Mahito showed up behind him, I was like, oh, geez, here we go. And the way he just exploded the man, <sighs> dang, rest in peace, man. This is for my homies, you know what I'm saying? But 
look, Mahito gonna get his, all right? Because right when right when that's going on, that's when Yuji gets down the steps and Yuji like, oh ho ho, I ain't playing no more. You know what I'm saying? It's been a minute, but I'm back. You know what I'm saying? Like I know Sukuna had my body for a second, but I'm back and I'm in charge and I'm ready to roll. You know what I'm saying? And normally someone who say in season one, I'd be like, yo, it's Mojito. You need to run, bro. Like this ain't, this ain't, you know, this ain't for you, bro. This is, this, uh, you need, you need backup. It's, it's nice to see your boy stand up on his own against Mojito. He was like, Psh. like, I look, you saw the fist start going up. He was like, bro, you best believe that. This is going to be a one-on-one squad up. You know what I'm saying? Square up right now. Let's see what you got. Stand on yours. You know, hey, look. Shouts out to Yuji. He didn't let it get him down. And the scene between him and Mojito is crazy because Mojito's like compressing them against the wall and stuff. You saw the look on Yo, Yuji is a G. He ain't stop. He ain't give up. He was like, so? He was like, you can press this all you want. He was like, bop, bop, knocking holes in the... He, and dude stepped through. When they exploded through the little, the meat hands or whatever he was trying to... He just stepped through like, yeah, so? Man, look, man, Yuji, that, that near-death experience changed him, man. Because he like, I got people to save. And after seeing that crater in the middle of Shibuya, yo, hey, he ain't, he ain't there for games. We, we ain't came to lose. You know what I'm saying? We ain't do that. So... Much love to your boy Yuji because that fight scene. I mean, think about it. We've seen Mahito take out some very, very large and important opponents. And I mean, his his arrogance and cockiness kind of has some merit to it because the, the dude got power. And for Yuji to be like, let's run it, run it. You say you strong, right? Well, let's go. Man, hey, I was watching the show like, man, let's go. Let's go, Yuji. Because at first I was kind of like, I don't know, man. You know, you just got to, you know, you got to get get your legs up under you. You know what I'm saying? You got to feel right. But nope, 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 nope. Uh-uh. Yuji was like, let's go. And then from, from the start, he's like weaving dodging he in the elevator he out the elevator even when even when um mojito tried to like trick him with the fake people with the people he took over or whatever that didn't even super phase him i mean like he got caught off guard it did catch him bro. i mean he won't super phase like yo yuji is back and i mean he he got his second win now because they was throwing down up in that little corridor you know what i'm saying shouts out to the to the claustrophobic out there because that subway was looking real tight with them two fighting but boy talk about some top quality matches bruh i i couldn't be no happier with this episode i can't see wait to see what happens next and we even get like the the beautiful moments between uh jogo and mojito wanting to like take out yuji or whatever and see who was gonna go first and throw it like playing tricks on each other that was cool this not even this episode man this season man y'all just going off man like jujutsu kaisen bruh imagine if you knew you had this kind of heat and you just won't drop it yet imagine imagine like how you feeling like before the season i mean season premiere you like bruh look we've been cooking bruh like yo this is some of the hottest animation i've seen in a season 
Bruh, look, they they might y'all might see Jujutsu Kaisen on the Nerd Soul Awards. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't gonna tell you no lies. But with this said, let me go and move on. You know what I'm saying? I want to move on to your boy. I right? invincible. Alright, you know, Mark out there. We get to see what happened when he meet his daddy. Daddy, like, yo, you know, I, you know, I got a new lady in my life. She's out of my life. That's what he said about Debbie. And Debbie out there, she walking barefoot. You know what I'm saying? So, like, look, hey, it, you know, look, all right, hold up. Let's talk about Debbie real quick. Baby girl, you hate to see it. Debbie, you got to pull yourself together, girl. You got to pull yourself together. I, you can't be walking barefoot outside. It's, it's dirt, rocks, broken glass and stuff, you know, uh, sediments. You don't need that all up on your feet. You don't want the bottom of your feet, like, dirty and black. You you ever seen somebody who the bottom of the feet dirty and you just like, mm -mm, Debbie, I don't want that for you. Girl. I don't want it for you. Debbie, for real, I don't want your feet dirty. You know what I'm saying? You, you come too far. You are too dignified to have dirty feet, baby girl. Dirty feet is a no-no. We ain't doing that. We keeping our feet clean. We keeping our feet moisturized. There ain't going to be no toe jam, and we're going to keep our toes on point. I ain't saying you got to have a pedicure. I'm just saying clip them properly. You know what I'm saying? Keep them together. You don't need that rust on your feet, man. I don't... <sighs> Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. Mm. Girl, look, you... You just need, you need to get back to yourself. And I know you want to grieve, but you got to, you got to grieve in a healthy way. Walking barefoot through the streets, that ain't a healthy way. Take it from a brother like me. I didn't, I didn't walk across some streets. Not barefooted, but I didn't walk on some streets. And this man, there's dog poop, homeless people peeing on the street. You don't want to walk on that. That get onto your feet, it seeps into your pores and your ventricles and stuff. And then, I, man, you just, it's not good. So, Debbie, look take some time but take it at home in a very very safe way because we can't have that we can't lose you debbie we can't lose you girl all right and speaking of debbie it was cool to have a little a little moment with her and cecil and with her and um uh where's the art when art came through so cecil comes through and he's like yo man look you know, I'm trying to see how you doing. And she like, fool, you ain't fooling nobody. You mad because Invincible went off and did his own thing. Don't Look, I don't want the book money no more. I don't want you trying to have nothing over my head, hold nothing on me. I don't want that. And to a certain degree, I understand I understand where she's coming from. She like, look, I don't want you feeling like you got some hold over me or I don't want my son feeling like he owes you anything. We've already given enough. You know what I'm saying? We've given like we've given our husband and father away to you and everyone else who needed him when he was good and then when he was bad we feel the brunt of because everybody else think he you know he's gone and we know he just he ain't dead he's just out there somewhere so we just sitting here hurting we we grieving so bruh i don't need this money give it to a charity or something i don't need that but the interesting thing is Maybe, maybe I don't remember it from the first season. Maybe I'm tripping, but I don't remember him being a novelist. <laughs> I don't remember him having no books. I was like, hold up, he got books? But apparently, you know, being the most 
popular superhero, you know, you write a couple books, you know, you make money, you get that book, that book deal. You know what I'm saying? And this also explains how Debbie and Mark have been chilling for a year without, you know what I'm saying, of course, you know, dropping any dollars because it's like, yo, how you how you living and you ain't making no money. So now we know it's the book money. Cecil been, you know what I'm saying, buying the books and making sure they they good. So that's cool. But her conversation with Art was also a touchy one because having having that other perspective there about like, hey, look, you know, I don't want you to think that you weak, especially when he called her a pet, man. That's ooh, that's tough, man. When someone calls you a pet, ooh, that was that was tough. But he's like, yo, like Omni Man had he's indestructible. So of course Omni Man is, you know, he's good, but no, what's strong is being vulnerable around someone like that who you can't beat up who you can't take down like that's the hard part and he kind of gave her another another way to look at her position like nah baby girl like you showing a lot of strength you showing a lot of resilience so put them shoes on girl I well no hold up don't put the shoes on first wash your feet you know what I'm saying wash them properly moisturize them bad boys because we don't need no ashy feet and then put some shoes on girl because it's time for you to rise Go on and rise, Debbie. I ain't saying you gotta get it back out there, but you gotta just you you gotta you gotta center yourself. Cause right now you everywhere and you and you're going crazy. Just get yourself together. Now, on the side of on the side of Mark, you know, seeing seeing him meet his dad, I can understand the the conflicting emotions that you're going through. You know what I'm saying? Like right now, you don't know which way is up. You know, you, you want to hate your dad. You want to kill your dad, but you miss your dad. You love your dad. You, you know, it's, it's, because I mean, think in season one, he's just chilling out with Adam and Eve. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, I need you to come over here. It's like, what was going on? And it's like, hold up, my dad, my dad's fighting immortal. And hold up, my dad's the bad guy. Hold up, my dad's crazy. What's going on? You know, so all of that happened in the matter of what? I, I guess it's TV time, but I mean, I guess the matter of a few hours. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is a huge way to not only stop on a dime, but turn and go completely left and then just leave out of nowhere. So he's been, you know, he hasn't been able to get any closure either. You know what I'm saying? He ain't walking barefoot, but I mean, he's not, he is not okay. And seeing him, you know, with his father holding his hand out and his father, you know, having this newfound perspective of you know the Thraxons and saving them and him going through his kind of like depression where he just wanted to just you know fall into a black hole you see that this this person who the uh the um the Viltrumite soldiers called the great Nolan so apparently he must be he must be like some top baller or something like that but to see that he has some type of emotion which i'll circle back around to is very touching but also you know it's conflicting because you're looking at this dude like yo man this dude murdered thousands of people like on the dime he murdered the guardians of the globe like on a dime but also you know there's a a whole history of his heritage and his culture behind it so it's kind of weird when you look at it because 
after the soldiers show up, and we'll talk about the fight. After we show, the soldiers show up, he even says, he asks Mark, he's like, why do I care about them? Why do I care? Why do they matter? You know, that kind of thing. And it, all right, so go with me here for a second. I am not saying that Omni-Man is a good guy. I'm not saying that Omni-Man is right, but I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, everybody put up your hearts and, you know, turn up your lighters for Omni-Man. But imagine the crisis of conscience of someone who has come up in a society where all they do is take over and rule other places. They kill everything in their way. Any opposition gets squashed out in death, even in their own culture. Like you saw the, the Viltrumite soldiers, even in the first season, they just killed each other to see who was the strongest to make their society better or whatever. And then when the soldiers came and they found out the Steve Harvey guy was dead, you know, this, <laughs> the, the Viltrumite Steve Harvey was dead. They found, they, you heard her say, well, he was too weak to live then. He didn't deserve it. He didn't, if he was that weak, he didn't deserve to live. Like, so imagine being steeped in that culture. You were raised in that culture. That if you are too weak to beat me, then you don't deserve to live. Now imagine all of a sudden this person being rushed with emotions for his son, probably for Debbie as well, and then now for these Thraxans. I can I can imagine him feeling like he's defective because he's not supposed to feel like this. And how hmm how weirdly traumatic must that be to all of a sudden be I guess infected with compassion you know what I'm saying be infected with care with love things of that nature because you saw you know Mark said I'd have you then Nolan gets he like grunts flies off and you see a little tear so you know what I'm saying when doves cry you know that Viltrumite can cry and Seeing where that comes, it brings a lot of depth to Nolan. Now, am I saying that Nolan is redeemed? No, I don't. I don't know where. But it also is true that now I don't know where to put Nolan. I have no idea what to do with him because now that I've started imagining the kind of world he's grown up in, especially now seeing Viltrumites now dealing with interacting with him one on one, I don't know where to put him maybe this is a good thing and not saying that it's good because he killed thousands of people but seeing that that affected him because the other Viltrumites don't care they have no care in the world and now you see him angry at himself for caring wondering why he cares and why what is it about me that's wrong you know what I'm saying? And of course, we're looking at him saying, there's nothing wrong with you. You're supposed to care. Like, even Mark said, you should have felt like this on Earth. You know what I'm saying? So, man, it's tough when you look at that. And it brings a lot of depth to Nolan in a very, very good way. So, speaking of remorse, I want to talk about Adam Eve for a second. My girl, you know, she... Honestly, she had no idea what was going to happen when she was helping people. And she's honestly doing the best that she can. Real quick before we move on, 
to the whole, you know, the the showdown, alright, in Motown. Now, nah, but um the way she's dealing with her powers right now, I know she's gotta go through this, but I hope she doesn't close everyone off. You know what I'm saying? She went home, so I guess that's good that she's gone back home, that she's, you know, with loved ones. But I hope she doesn't close off her friends for too long. I know she has to, you know, she has to kind of regroup, you know, see where she's going, how she feels. But hopefully that doesn't last too long because, you know, Adam Eve, we need her out there. And honestly, she's probably one of the more formidable heroes in the game at this moment. Um, But... You know, let's talk about your boy, Mark. Uh, (laughs) Mark and his reaction to Nolan is understandable. Also, Nolan, even though Nolan, I do think, is starting to change, he's still very manipulative. Like, very... Bruh, that whole thing don't do it for me, do it for them. Yeah, even if I say I'm doing it for them, you still gain from me doing that. They like, stop trying to front or this whole thing like, um, you know, they are in danger. Well, they're in danger because of you. And it's like, well, you like helping people, don't you? It's like, but you know, you're doing this because you have a personal connection. Why don't you reach out to anyone else in the galaxy out here that's strong? You ain't, I'm sure there's other strong people. Why you reach out to me? You know what I'm saying? Because you knew that you had a personal connection to me and you could use that per- personal connection to make me do something because you know that I love you. You know what I'm saying? It's very manipulative. You know what I'm saying? And I hate to say this. Parents do this. You know, shoot. Uh, brothers, sisters do this. Ex-boyfriend and girlfriends do this. Like It's, it's very manipulative when they know that there might be a, even a kernel of love in your heart for them. They will come and, boy, they will manipulate the heck out of you. And it's, you know, he he draws him in because he brings him in. This is your little brother, blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, Viltramites are coming. Well, why are they coming? Because of me. All right, well, then you need to deal with why I got to be. And then you know that I'm not just going to leave these people in the lurch. You know what I'm saying? Because you know I'm someone who's going to help if he can help. You know what I'm saying? So I he's he's I guess getting better because he had he does feel sympathy, he does feel sorrow, he does feel compassion, but he's still got a long way. He got a lot of them Viltramite ways in him. Now, when the soldiers show up, the Viltramite ways do come in handy. Alright, cause look, they didn't call him the great Nolan for nothing. If I believe if Mark wasn't there and he didn't have to worry about Mark or if Mark was fighting in a way where he didn't have to worry about him I don't think Omni-Man would have had a lot of problems Omni-Man, Omni-Man seemed to handle those Viltramites fairly easily I mean yes don't get me wrong he did get you know he got smacked up a couple times but it didn't seem like Nolan was struggling to beat them at all 
Like it, man. Look, he smushed that dude's head in half. Then he he straight sliced Steve Harvey's gut all the way open. And then the girl, man, he gave her the elbow of death. But the the whole idea of like I'm gonna train you, I do think that's cool. I think that's very cool that he wants to train him so that he, in his weird twisted way protect mark even though he's the one who beat mark to a pulp you know what i'm saying but due to his you know due to his upbringing and his culture that's probably what you do you you probably whip your children to an inch of their life to be like that's how you become a real virtualite son you know what i'm saying and <laughs> you know it's just very weird seeing that come to play but Oh, your boy Mark came through, baby. Oh, yeah, you best believe that. Mark said, hey. Alright. He looked over, he saw the dead Thraxons. And he knew, like, I might not make it home to see my baby. My baby. And he was like, nah, uh-uh. I gotta uh-uh. I gotta do something about this. Yo, he started hitting the he he dies. A little weave to the left, weave to the right, a little two-piece. Yo, he sped up. He he went face up with that girl. He was like, huh, what you want? He was like, slag out. He was like, hashtag equality, baby. Bam. Yo, look, man, you love to see it. When Mark, when Mark straight up let go, he told Mark to let go, and Mark let go. He did hesitate. That's why he got stabbed in the gut. But he but he, yo, he whooped her. He fairly whooped her. He could have killed her. You know what I'm saying? He straight up won that match. Now, of course, he lost just because, you know, like Goku, like Goku and his dumb self when he lost against Frieza. Bruh, finish the job, dude. Finish the job. You know what I'm saying? Don't allow Frieza to blow up the earth. You're going to lose. All right? Finish the job. But I loved the, the implications of Mark letting go because that lets us know, oh, Mark, Mark done stepped up. Like, this ain't season one, Mark, because even if he let go, season one, Mark, didn't seem to have any technical fighting skills. And when he let go here, it seems like, oh, Mark been, Mark been working with, with some, with some hand-to-hand skills. Mark been studying, you know, saying some, maybe some Muay Thai, some, you know, some Wing Chun, something like that. Yo, he been, he been in the, he been in the lab working out and honestly that would be the best thing for him to do because it's like all right look i know i'm super strong but i remember that lion dude whooped me like you know what i'm saying like nobody's business so i'm strong but i need technique it's like when the hulk got beat by thanos you know what i'm saying the hulk was strong but he ain't had no technique you know what i'm saying thanos you know thanos broke him down to the very last compound so it does look like mark been in the lab a little bit studying focusing on his forms, making sure that he stays proper if he ever have to get hand-to-hand with somebody. Also, I do like the fact that he fought the Viltrumites because Mark needs to be taken to his limit so that he knows where he can go. On Earth, it's he doesn't have anyone who can fully allow him to push. So now he got a chance to push. And I mean, yo, push he did, man. For a second, yo, Mark was looking good. I was like, all right, Mark was, Mark was looking like he wanted to stand beside Goku, Naruto. He wanted to stand beside Yuji. He looked. That's what he looked like he wanted to do. He did at first, season one. He looked like he wanted to be a lazy bum. 
He wanted to just ride off the strength. But now he looked like he ready to have a battle with the gods. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you know who's here. But all that said, uh, I love the the mystery that we got thrown at the end with um uh Mark listening to his father and his father talking about read my books. Um, and the name of one of the books is Savage Planet, Savage Beast. And the other book title, there were three that you could see, but there's only two that you could read. The second one said The Man with the Invincible Gun. So I'm wondering if, and I mean, I'm pretty sure, I'm, I mean, I'm taking a guess, but I'm wondering if there's breadcrumbs of how to take down the Viltrumite Empire in those books. Or if not take down the Viltrumite Empire, how to weaken it or how to beat a Viltrumite when you're not a Viltrumite. You know what I'm saying? So I'm hoping that he left those breadcrumbs in there so that, you know, Mark can head back to Earth and be like, yo, you know, give it to Amber or give it to Will or somebody be like, look, read these or maybe give it to Cecil. I don't know, man. Cecil, I'm not against Cecil, but the dude just so secretive and I don't know, man. He always seemed like he, I don't know. But with that said, you know, give it to somebody and be like, yo, man, study these joints up because the Viltrumites is coming. They coming. All right, they, we on the map now. They want Earth. They're coming. So we need to read these books, do what we can, because when they come, it's going to be a fight. And I just fought against three of them. Me and my dad fought against three of them, and it won't easy. Now, I mean, it won't easy until I turned it on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because when you got that glow, your body knows so man look I, i'll say invincible they left us on a very very great cliffhanger and i'm ready to see what in the world they got next because th yo this these four, ep four episodes have been fire um but uh continuing on with the fire i have to give it up to scavengers Ray, man like all right so my my biggest issue, I'm gonna be quick with Scavengers Rain. I'm not I ain't gonna hold y'all forever. Look. The the whole part about Cayman in the womb of this hollow that has been growing ever since he's been feeding it. Um and then of course him basically killing the um uh was uh or or i guess uh the hollow killing charlie the guy that grew up in the De i mean that woke up in the demeter i am hmm, i am very worried for anyone else that survives from the demeter because of him now fusing in a way with the hollow or becoming or going in the like the womb of the hollow and what that's going to mean for when he comes out. Like, will he have any abilities? or Because we know he's crazy. He was already crazy on the ship. He we he the reason that we, we crash landed on this crazy planet. So, I don't, man. I don't like it. Cayman, see, Cayman got to go, y'all. He do. I know, I know y'all probably like, yo, man, you always want somebody to die. Like, yo, Cayman got to go. They... Look, they should have put Cayman in the brig when he tried to change the thing in the first place. That was Sam's fault. Sam actually, you know what? Let's keep it real. The is Cayman's fault. All right, so it's it's like ninety five percent Cayman's fault, but Sam gets another five percent because Sam should have immediately 
put him in lockup immediately. Like, no question. The second, bruh, the second this dude tried to pull some stunt changing the course when you know good and well we on a course that's safe and you were trying to put some unstable stuff where we crash, he should have put him in lockup. He should have been in the brig or whatever they want to call it so that we don't have to have any threats to the safety of the whole ship. So honestly, yes, Cayman is a dirtbag. He's a piece of trash to, I guess, his ex-wife? They don't really make it clear. I guess ex-girlfriend, ex-wife. And, and he's a dirtbag to everybody there. He's a piece of crap and he's full excrement. But Sam should have locked that dude up, man. Straight up. Sam should have locked that dude up. Man, no full stop. Uh, but uh, I also wanted to talk about Ozzy and her cleansing herself. I thought that was really cool uh, to see that the, the, I guess the solution was right under their nose. And it just once again showed how in a very weird way, this planet has a, a unique equilibrium. Like everything checks something else on this planet in a way that you wouldn't expect it to. And because I'm like, oh man, they're going to have to, you know, find some way to heal it or maybe like burn it off her body or something like that. And when she went to wash her, wash her shirt, you know, those little, I guess, parasites, kind of like when people put like leeches on people or something like that, it cleaned it right off. So she took the shot and went and, you know, took a dip in the pool. And what do you know? The girl clean, you know what I'm saying? Full body fresh, you know what I'm saying? I'm glad she ain't have no, no, uh, no uh problems in any other regions of her body i'm glad that they were all just on her arm or her back but but man look the way they displayed how that situation was solved is just something that i think is super cool and having you know um i guess having levi stand guard but also getting to the point where even ozzy was like you know, stand guard. And then she was like, well, no, do what you want to do. It's, it's up to you. Like she said, I'm going to have to start dealing with you differently because you're not, you're not a robot anymore. I mean, you are a robot, but you're, you're changing into something different. And I need to honor that and respect that. And then also modify and change how I interact with you because you're not the same as you used to be. And I mean, of course, we can use that in our regular lives. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes your relationships or people might change around you and you have to, you know, change to like update to what they're doing. Or, you know, maybe sometimes they got to get out of your life too. Who knows? But I do think it's a beautiful thing that they are still side by side and kind of growing and learning through this brand new change that Levi's going through. I think it's awesome. Um, I guess the last thing I'll note from this episode is I don't know man the way Ursula gaslit Sam over Cayman was kind of messed up and at first I thought they were a good I guess duo to be together kind of working but this is this is like the second or third thing that she's done where I've been like eh, I don't know if I like how she's relating to Sam I don't 
like in the last episode or episode before last where she was like i can do this without you and then where um she gaslit him over uh came in this episode and then there was one where she i can't remember she said something i think about his dead friends where it was like, like about taking the stuff off of their bodies. So there's been there's been some slight little baby disrespect here and there. I don't know if we should keep our eyes on it, but maybe we should. I just don't want to be missing no red flags. But also, I don't want to miss the yellow flags neither because yellow be telling you slow down and people don't be slowing down. So I'm, you know, I just ah, I just want to keep my eyes open for any dumb stuff that be going on. Um, but lastly, where do you think Sam's bug bite is gonna go? Like, where do you think that's going to take us with the whole, it looks like the, I don't know if it's like a, a cloning plant or something, whatever that thing is, it took a bit of his blood and it looked like it's trying to grow another one. So we'll see what happens with that, man. I am not too pleased with it, but we'll see, we'll see where that whole thing goes. Now, we got to move on. I love I love my scavengers rain, but I also love Pluto. Man, because that show, bruh, that Pluto, man. <laughs> we finally see. We finally see a, a head up fight against Pluto with Hercules. And even though Hercules is gone, or it's seemingly gone, because we haven't like we haven't seen a whole Hmm. a whole destroyed body of Hercules but it's not looking good but we did see the, the main body of Hercules go down in the water so we'll see what happens with that but we finally have some data because Hercules when he went into the uh, into the storm he was like I ain't falling for no childish tricks you know what I'm saying he was like you ain't fooling me so him being a little more straightforward and also kind of knowing what he's to a certain degree what he's working with because they have the data from when um the other young man was taken and now epsilon watching that uh from hercules and pluto we're starting to piece together a lot of information and maybe how to beat him which i think is a good thing unfortunately we're losing a lot of our heroes along the way like we lost adam um we we hopefully will have a way to dismantle, disengage, disassemble, do something to Pluto. Because um, Pluto is formidable at the very least. Um, now, on the side of Adam, we do see his past to a certain degree through, um, what is it, Tenma. And we find out that Adam is basically a clone of Tenma's son. And now we pretty much got the idea that he Timma is going to be replaced. Or I mean, not Timma, um, that uh, Adam is going to be fixed. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm glad that Adam will be fixed and replaced. And, I mean, not replaced, but like revived, brought back. Even if it's going to be a little bit different, um, we'll see. We'll see what this takes. I mean, how different Adam may be or maybe not be. But I hope that helps. Um, I hope that helps his sister because she's out there. She's on her own now. And I'm glad that she does have a moment to um, kind of like gather herself 
and start helping people again because that's you know what she's really good that's where her passion is at um but she she needs her brother yo she she definitely needs her brother so seeing seeing where dr timma is will i don't know will hopefully maybe <laughs> hopefully maybe have adam back in in the condition that we knew adam you know what i'm saying um but the the I guess the wealth of this ep- uh, episode was on Gazette and, of course, the whole Haas family. Bruh. That, the protection of the Haas family is very intertwined with other cases that we've seen before that are kind of dovetailing back together. Like, even when he brought up the, uh, the I guess, the security footage that they had of um of the other inmate them talking about Darius the 14th him talking about um him talking about the the organization that's trying to you know that's anti-robot and then juxtaposing that with how his son feels about robots you know what I'm saying and the the way that they have to like get to the you know get to the safe house with the the secret messages given to um uh, given to uh, Gazette, I mean, sorry, not Gazette. Given to, uh, I forgot the ha- Mr. Haas because I can't remember his first name now. But given to him, basically saying you need to kill him, and apparently they sent someone to make sure the job was done because we <laughs> we show up and there's a dude trying to kill. There's a whole, I guess, two or three guys that were sent because there were people following the car. The police car that was behind Gazette, they took that car out, and then they ended up going face up with, you know what I'm saying, Gazette, and Gazette took care of the family, The you know, the car blew up, you know what I'm saying, he, he protects the mom and the son, that like, he really went above and beyond to make sure that everybody was okay, and I, man, I I felt it when when Mr. Haas was crying them tears, like, yo, man, thank you for saving my family, the second and the third, especially when he stood right in front of him. He was like, stand in front of me. And he, you know, the guy shot that, that, uh, the particle cannon beam or whatever, the cluster cannon. And, yo, he's still right there. He didn't hide. He's still right there. He did, you know, he took care of his duty and he protected that man and made sure his family was straight. And even, even the dude had to admit, you know what I'm saying? My, my brother, my brother deserved that. My brother is, I was holding this on you like you're just some rogue robot that's just killing everybody. No, you guys have your own species, your own society. And my brother killed one of y'all and he did it in cold blood just because. So he deserved, he deserved that. He received, ju- like that robot's family received justice. Like my brother went down, he lived by the sword, and he died by that. You know what I'm saying? So I thought that was awesome, an awesome realization for him to come to, especially at that moment after every that whirlwind of emotions just finished going, you know, over the mom, the mother, the son, the, the explosion right in front of him, you know, the you know, the obvious attempt on his whole family's life. You know what I'm saying? It's a whirlwind you know, roller coaster. And after making it out, I'm glad that he didn't use that to kind of like blame Gazette further. But bust this, we got an incredible show. <laughs> like we got 
so much intrigue around Darius the 14th um seeing that humans need to be replaced um of course him standing in front of the the tribunal we, we've got so much between Tenma and um Ochanamizu I think we man we have a beautiful show like this show is awesome man it's I will say one thing it's hard to try to watch this show from week to week because it's so good especially the way um Blue Eye Samurai was this week it, it was super hard to try to you know watch this week to week but I I think the last thing I'll touch on with Pluto is the notion of the feeling of true hatred I thought that was something that was cool um coming from Gazette and um him kind of reconciling with that because now we're finding that he probably has way more emotion or emotionality or whatever you want to call it or, uh, I guess I guess fake emotion sensors or whatever you want to call it whatever's in robots because it affected him in that way to that point where he did what he did so maybe that's another another evolutionary point for them because we're all we're talking about all of these robots being like super you know super duper sweet robots and they're all like on another level and they're like the the best you know top quality kind of thing so i don't i i don't know i think i think that's a great part of his evolution even if it's not supposed to be happening <laughs> Um, but then it does also bring, you know, it brings kind of like a, a threat because robots, I mean, of course, they don't feel pain in that way. They don't, you know, so, so that, I mean, you get into the kind of Terminator kind of situation, but it, I think it's, I think it's net positive, I guess, I guess you can say, we'll see, we'll see how that plays out, you know, see how, see how that goes with Gazette and Epsilon who's left and maybe Adam when he comes back but um uh, moving on we got of course Blue Eye Samurai and I I will I would be wrong if I told y'all yo I always believed in this I would be wrong if I said hey this show, I, I always knew it would be a hit. Once again, when I saw the trailer for this, I was just like, ah, I don't know. It might be alright. Bruh, this this thing continues to deliver. The we get kind of like this side quest story that sets off what seems to be its own little, I don't know, it's its own little arc if you will this whole arc with the the madam kaji and you know naming your desire and everything i thought that was beautiful but that whole the way the broth brothel is going to play out with a thousand claws and boss amada we've got a lot of beef going on i mean a lot of beef um in a good way but we just have a lot of beef going on and we got a lot to worry about and Man, look the the way the way they ended this episode had me on some yo. How are they gonna win? I mean, Ringo do got some skills, but 
we got he I mean we got a whole crew and I don't know if Mizu can take all of them because if we as we've seen in this animated series yo Mizu take damage and she gotta like recover from that now at the same time she might be able to handle a good number of them because she can take off the weights and, and go straight you know go straight you know Gangnam style on all of them no I'm just playing but seeing her drop the weights and you know she can move a little bit quicker you know her sword skills are i mean at this point unmatched so we'll see you know we start off with the town duel so we we know that you know this town is no i guess no new uh, i guess i guess in no way scared of a little bit of blood so I guess that's maybe a good thing, but bruh, I don't, something going to have to happen for her to get out of this. Now on the slide, on the sneak tip, shouts out to Fowler's prayer. If you could call it that Fowler, Fowler sort of prayed and was like, look, man, how about this? You help me out. I got a whole bunch of souls I can send to you. He was like, I don't need them. So I, I, that was weird, but in seeing them i guess beginning to torture uh Tygen and them knowing oh whatever this is it's coming and we don't think we can stop it 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 is changing what looks to be fowler's disposition around the castle i don't know if i think he he doesn't seem scared but he's definitely moving different um, but I don't know. I don't know if I'd say he's scared. Um, now, shouts to uh, the flashback, or not the flashback, when um, Akimi's dad comes in the room. It's when fake Akimi is in there, and he's like, "Look, I'm, I'm bringing you the book of the, the twelve and the twenty positions." You know, what I'm saying? so you can be a good wife. Look, yo, man, <laughs> this dude was mad funny. He was like, "Look, you got to know these things. He's like, you got to know these positions, so you know, so you can, you know." make somebody happy and i was like wow no he didn't come in with the manual though like but i mean i guess he's a very practical man he was like look you know you're gonna have to keep your man happy and you know these these positions you know the 12 positions he was like those those are for you know that's for you know a proper woman but those 20 oh the other eight when you get wild you know what I'm saying? i guess the mother or unless it's 12 and 20 so maybe it's 12 and then there's a whole nother 20 positions so maybe all together it's 32 positions but boy look you might as well add four more and get 36 chambers but all i'm saying is i don't know if i could give that to my daughter but at the same time maybe you know what i'm saying he's like look you about to get married so you look this is a part of marriage a part of marriage is this you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not all of marriage, but it's not none of marriage neither. You know what I'm saying? This is a part of what makes it work. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you know, just like you know, I tell you know, I tell my son, look, part of marriage is you know, you gotta keep your woman happy. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta figure out, you know, which of them twelve and twenty positions she like, and you gotta, you know, remix it up, go and give her those positions. But <laughs> oh man, but see uh, the 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 way Goro is dealing with Akimi 
through her search and you know seeing how he's going from town to town homie was mad patient with her like on the real i'm surprised well i mean for the sakes of the show she end up dead but bruh look in real life any of these types of girls would have been dead back then but she you know she's trying to find her man and her man kidnapped right now so she look she gonna have to just deal with that her man is straight kidnapped and now we don't know where he coming back or if he gonna be saved because don't know look like mizu don't even know he taken so it maybe she won't even find that out until she storms the castle or, or sneaks into the castle because kai just i mean kaji said hey look you do this for me and i will make sure i give you the the way into the the castle and she did she held up her end of the bargain um and the way you know the way they set up the the whole issue with the i guess the basically the assassination was powerful because mizu mizu has killed before but i don't think of course mizu doesn't kill people that like that you know what i'm saying you know this is someone who did not deserve it who was a victim who you know was powerless basically and when she when she held her and you know she took her out i i felt that moment man and her showing her handshaking bro this this show is awesome this show is really on another level in a very good way man i'm so glad i'm watching blue eye samurai i can't recommend it enough this show is dope and at the end with the way you know the way mizu set up the frame job and seeing that it didn't even work now because uh boss hamada's like kill everyone and then burn it down We'll see where we go from here because it ain't going to be easy. But wrapping up, we're going to touch on Animusha real quick. This, bruh. Okay, so I'm still, someone let me know in the comments what an Oni is and what a Genma is at its core. Because at first I was thinking, okay, Genma, they're, they're demons, right? And then the Oni, I guess they are like, maybe angels but i guess not because the way the oni sounds the way that gauntlet sounds it don't sound like they too nice or peaceful or anything like that so i don't know if those are you know a, a group of good i guess beings or whatever are, are they just like warring demons or are they like maybe like mean archangels or something let me know the difference between genma and oni and what that is because from the show it doesn't super break that down yet but in this episode we do get straight to business which i think is awesome you know the yoshioka brothers come out and they're like look we glad you're here we finally got you here we're gonna kill you for what you did to us and even you know uh musashi's like y'all are dead y'all must y'all must be different now y'all are monsters or possessed or whatever and they're like no we're not it's like no yes you are don't don't try to hide it you know what i'm saying but he put on the gauntlet quick and shouts to kaizen kaizen gave him that joint was like look here's the gauntlet and we'll see where that goes because that fight even with the gauntlet on he was struggling until i guess he gave gave his his self up to the oni or whatever and that's when he started really getting mcnasty the the i guess the the difference in the the abilities between the brothers 
you know, you have one that's super strong. You have one that has an incredible reach. You have one with super speed. He was really struggling for a second. But the fight scene, bruh, when he ended it, when he turned that brother into Swiss cheese, bruh, homie hit him with mad sli- slice and dice up in here. You know what I'm saying? Slice to the dis-ice. Um, but I mean, he deserved it. They all, de- they all deserved it. They, you know what I'm saying? They deserved it. I'm glad. You know, yes, they deserved to die, and I hope they burn. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. I hope they burn. Um, and speaking of burning, we got the fire trap that Sayo is in. Or Saya, Sayo, Saya. I think it's Saya. Sorry. But um, the the way they went through trying to like knock the knock the bell over, tip it over, and of course her singing inside the bell or or chanting inside the bell and then kaizen you know basically passing on the legacy sort of of the of you know keeping the keeping the gauntlet and doing the i guess being the one on the the trip to do all the chanting and everything because homie went into straight up like i am the force of forces with me or whatever and homie lifted that thing up like he yo with all power in his hands bro he he lifted that joint mightily and he burned and he died for it but he saved Saya man and that's I mean for me that's what matters he saved Saya I wish we could have him along because he's definitely he comes in clutch in a fight but I also understand you know what I'm saying Saya's life is way more important than her his I mean his eyes and he's like yo the youth we can't lose the youth man the youth is the next next generation you know what I'm saying we need them um so between chopping Denshiro into mincemeat, uh, between sort of almost becoming an Oni and saving Sayo, we lost Kaizen. We are opened up to uh, Yemon and finally seeing a little bit of his plans um, because he was just kind of relaxed and chilling and apparently he has a new challenger for Musashi. Uh, that was just like hanging out in the room by himself. So we'll, or I mean, hanging out in the room with Yamon. So we'll see where this goes because, bruh, they are fast approaching, at least what seems fast approaching, an end to this series. And in a way where at this halfway point, at least at seemingly halfway point, yo, Musashi is kind of just starting to turn it on and seeing how real stuff is really about to get and also probably uncovering way more than we just thought at first at first it was like oh there's this guy yaman he's probably a demon we got to go up the hill go get him now it's a whole different game baby a whole different game so look fight wise on point art on point shouts to the hawk that came in the clutch because for a second, like honestly, for a second, Musashi was Musashi was in trouble. So the Hawk came in, you know, what I'm saying in the clutch and really, really helped out. And I am, I'm on board, man. I'm I'm so glad we got so many good shows. So of course, holla at me. I'm holla at you down in the comments. Let's talk Animusha. Let's talk Blue Eye Samurai, Invincible, all that stuff. And Invincible going on the break, so who knows when we'll see that back. But N-E-R-D, S-O-U-L, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, podcast, all that jazz. And until the next time that you have to save somebody from a burning bell, it's for me to you saying, peace. <laughs>